Well, everybody glad to be here today? I've got a really good word. Um, there's, a, um, there's a passage of Scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1 that I just want to read and explain to you why I'm going to share this today. I don't have a series during the summer, and so there's going to be just some random messages that I preach. Um, I usually do series, but this summer I'm just, I don't, I'm not impressed to do that. And so, um, in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, it says this, for this reason... I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. So, as long as I'm in this earthly body, I'll remind you of anything that the Lord tells me to remind you of. And there, there are are a lot of truths in the Word, there are a lot of spiritual truths that we think we know. But actually, we don't know anything the way we need to know it. And that's the beauty of the Word of God. You can, you, you can take a you can take a, a textbook, you can take a math book, and if a, little, if a child is just starting out in math, and they learn that 2 plus 2 equals 4, that will never change. No matter what you do with it, how you put it up, how you stick it on the wall on the board, write it down, or anything else, 2 plus 2 will always be 4. Always. But you know what? John 3.16 evolves all the time. It changes all the time. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So there was a time when I read that verse of Scripture and, and what I saw in that verse above everything is God so loved. Wow. Then one day I saw that God so loved that He gave. Man, it was just like it explained. He gave, He gave. God so loved that He gave the best of heaven. One time I, I began to see God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, His best, the best that He had. All through that passage of Scripture, I've been saved for over 35 years, and I can get something new out of every Scripture in the, in the book because I don't know it like I need to know it. That's the beauty of it. Two plus two will never change. Two plus two equaling four will never change. Certain things that you read in books and in novels, you can read a novel and nothing's ever going to change about that story. I mean, you know, you may read it two or three times and you get something a little bit different every time you read it. But not the way the Word is. The Word is ever-evolving. 
and becoming what we need. And I'm telling you, as long as we're in these earthly tents, we need to be reminded of things we think we know. And that's why your ears need to be open to receive everything that you need to receive today. Because many of you have heard this word before, but you haven't heard it the way I'm going to teach it today. Because I've never preached two messages the same way twice. Amen? So, the title of my message today is Faith. Faith. What is it and what does it look like? You know, the better I get, not the older, the better. The, the, the better I get in life, one thing that I notice about people is that everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody wants to be something. Everybody wants to be known as something. I've never met, even somebody that appeared to be a loser, I've never met a loser. Ever. Well, and you might say, well, you know, I've met people that were just, had given up on life. Yeah. But if you really talk to them and you ask them the right questions, they don't want to be in the place that they're in. Everybody wants to be a winner. You know why? Because written on the tablets of every person's heart are the laws of God, the ways of God, the understanding of God. And inside of every person is a winner. God never created a loser. I've never met a loser ever in my life. But I've met people that felt like they were losers, right? But everybody wants to be the next American Idol. And everybody does. People that hate the show, you know? They hate it. They hate watching it. I mean, they don't even, you know, uh, those stupid people up there. They sit there on all this stuff. And, but everybody wants to be somebody great. You know why? Because we serve a great God. We're created to, to be great. The problem is, you can be great one way or you can be great another way. You can be great based on living after the ways, the sense realm and the ways of the world, or you can be great living God's way. And when we were mentioning in, in the offering little message about the two keys to success or to prosperity, one is righteousness. And what righteousness is, is, is living right according to what is right. And there's God right and there's everything else right. And to live God right, you live according to His ways of doing and doing it His way. And you have to learn how to do that. And it's something that has to evolve. And, and everybody that gets born again has some form of doing things a different way. And the day you get born again and your spirit and God's spirit become one, something is ignited and there begins to be a desire for something greater than just yourself. And, and, and if you're not encouraged in that and you don't develop that, you're not going to just follow after things of God. 
You, you can be born again and be in church, and if you do nothing with what you receive, and you're not instructed and taught how to do something with it, it won't just come on you and overtake you. You won't just change. Yet that's the plan and, and the will of God. He wants us to make the changes that need to be made so that we can be pleasing and do the things that He wants. There's a scripture that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that, and that passage of Scripture can sound kind of condemning and can seem like a really heavy load, especially if you think that, you know, you know, living by faith is like what someone else does and that there's no way you can ever measure up to living by faith. If you look at it that way, then you walk around, you can walk around feeling like you'll never please God. Your life will never please God, and it's a lie. He just said, it's impossible for your life to be pleasing in what you're walking out if you don't do it by faith. And, and that's not a negative thing, it's a positive thing. So in other words, in other words, you can read that passage of Scripture saying this, I can live my life pleasing to God. He wouldn't say that we can live by faith if we didn't have the ability to live by faith. Amen? So, so, the title of my message is Faith, What Is It, and What Does It Look Like? We've talked in the last few months uh, in some of the messages, I, I mentioned these two things, the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment is uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbors, you love yourself. So love God, love people. And the great commission is to make disciples of those people. Well, on both accounts, to do the things that are great and not just good. There's a lot of good things you can do, but it's only, only in the Scripture I see two great things. It's a great commandment, great commission. And the only way you can really effectively do those is by faith. You can't love people based on what you see, because you won't. You can't love people based on their actions, because you won't. Because about 95% of the time, you may not think this, but about 95% of the time, people are going to do things you don't like. I have to love them, I'm not loving them. No, you won't. You won't. You won't. It's not easy. But... We're to walk in love 100% of the time. Yeah, but, you know, that's impossible. I mean, I can do it with this person, this person, this person, but what about with this one? Well, that's the one you've got to start with. Because what does it profit you to walk in love with people that are good to you and be nice to people that are nice to you? No, there's no profit in it, you see? But we think we can't do it, but if God's in us and we're born again and we're empowered by God, we can do anything he tells us to. So we just have to look at it that way, that there's not anything I can't accomplish. Because to look in the natural at people, listen, I mean, I can tell you every week of people that I can't walk in love with if I look at the natural. How many can raise your hand to that? I mean, I get a good response out of that one, come on. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of people everywhere. But by faith, we can do it. So... Hebrews 11.1, 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now 
faith is. What is faith? It's now. Now faith is. So now faith is. So what is faith? It's now. See, and, and if, if faith isn't right now, in other words, if what faith is isn't in operation right now, then you can't call something faith if it's not faith. Faith is a now thing, right? And as we learn to use it, according to Mark 9.23, write that scripture down if you're taking notes, as we learn to use it, According to Mark 9.23, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible to those who believe God and who do what God tells them to do. Nothing is impossible. Absolutely nothing. So, if we're God's people, then we are people of faith. If we're God's people, then we are are people of faith. And I want to give you eight things that the Bible says, and just you can look at these and look at the verses of Scripture that go with them. But eight things that the Bible says that we do by faith. Number one, you're saved by faith. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest any person should boast. So nobody can boast. You are saved by faith and faith alone. You're saved and born again by faith in the fact that If he said it, then it's true. I received it. It's a done deal. Now, whether you receive it or believe it, it doesn't matter. It's still true. But you and I are saved by faith, not by our good works. Second thing, according to Hebrews 10, and and this is mentioned multiple times in different passages of Scripture, but in Hebrews 10 and verse 38, it says, that we live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, he says, my soul has no pleasure in him. It's an Old Testament scripture. The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Those that desire to do it God's way will do it by faith. Not, not by, based on what we see. Third thing, we walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we walk by faith and not by what we see. We walk by faith and not by what we see. So, there, there is a way of living and operating where we operate, operate by what we see and what we look at, and then there's another way of operation based on believing it, if God said it, 
and then we see it come to pass. So we walk by faith and not by what we see. So the opposite is you walk by what you see instead of, instead of believing it and then seeing it, right? And the believing it and then seeing it is what pleases God. He wants that developed. He wants you to get away from being moved by what you see with your natural eyes and your, what you see with your natural eyes is, is what you think is so. And he wants you to believe what the Word says. And as you believe what the Word says, you begin to see the opposite of some of those things happening. We walk by faith and not by sight. Fourth thing, by faith we fight the good fight. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. One of the greatest, literally one of the greatest revelations I've ever, I ever got from this verse of Scripture years ago. I heard someone say this. I heard someone say it, and then I read it in one of their books, and it went over and over and over in me. And it's this. We don't fight the devil. We don't fight people. We fight the fight of faith. And I'm telling you, not being moved by what we see with our natural eye, the circumstances around us, the circumstance of your pocketbook, the circumstance of your physical body, circumstance in many different ways, not being moved by those natural circumstances is what we have to overcome. And that's where the fight is. We fight the fight of faith and not fight people and fight the devil. Most Christians fight the devil. The devil's defeated. Son of God was manifested for one purpose, and that is to destroy the works of the devil. The only works that the devil is operating in today is what we allow him to operate in through deception. And, it, and, it, and that seems bigger than it really is. It's just, just what I said right there is the absolute truth. The devil is defeated. He has absolute no power except what we give him through deception. And, there's no, and, and it, never, it never works to fight people. The more you're against people and the more you fight people, the worse it gets. The Bible says, we, the Bible says in, uh, in uh, Ephesians 6, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. See, But we wrestle them and battle them by faith and confidence in what God says is so. See, when I, when I realize and I come into a place and walk in the revelation that, that principalities and powers have been defeated through Jesus Christ, then I acknowledge on a day-to-day basis that principalities and powers ha- are rendered harmless and ineffective against my life and overpowering my life and having a way, their way in my life because I've given way to God by faith in His Word. It's where you and I have to live on a day-to-day basis. We have to live by faith in what He says is so. All the things I'm mentioning to you are what He says is so. Number five is found in Romans 10 and verse 8. Romans 10 and 8. But what does it say? 
says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Number five is we speak the word of faith. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. The word isn't somewhere else. It's not too difficult. It's not too difficult to figure out. The word is there. The word that I'm preaching to you today is something that has to get down in your heart as a result of what you say about it, what you confess, what you hear, and what you establish. God desires for you and I to mature and to evolve in faith and allow a life of faith to be established so that we are not moved by what we see. Every day you wake up and potentially you, you are hit with thoughts. The moment you wake up, you're hit with thoughts in the day to try to discourage you in the day, right? And if you're not declaring something like this, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm, I choose to rejoice and be glad in this day. Amen? I give God place and favor. I believe that something good is going to happen to me today. If you're not getting up out of bed with those words or similar type words on, you know, out of your mouth to where you can hear yourself say it, then what will happen is the thoughts that you're thinking based on natural circumstances are going to turn into conversation that you're having with yourself. How many in here talk to yourself? Come on, admit it. I mean, hey, you talk to yourself, and you know what you rehearse? What you're meditating on. What you're meditating on, what you meditate on on a day-to-day -day basis, what you're meditating on is what you're going to talk. And, and if you're meditating on what someone's done to you, you're meditating on, you know, the, 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 the negative in your checkbook, or you're meditating on how your physical body feels or whatever, if you're meditating on those things, then you're eventually going to start talking them, and you're going to hear yourself talk it, and then what's going to happen is it's going to become a way of life. And God doesn't want the negative sight world and realm, he doesn't want the negativity out there in the, in, in the world and, and the way things look and the way things appear to be, he doesn't want those to affect our lives. He wants us to be delivered of what things appear and look like to be. Amen? So if we, if we are here today and we're choosing not to believe what it looks like in the natural realm, the only way the natural realm is going to change in my world is based on what I say out of my mouth. So that's a simple truth that we have to get a hold of. Amen? We have to get a hold of these truths. Number six is found in James 5.15. And there's other things by faith, but I'm, just, I'm giving you eight today that I think are really important. James 5 and verse 15. <clears throat> and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, it will be forgiven him. Wow. We pray according to, according to James 5.15. We, by faith, pray the prayer of faith. So we're to pray the prayer of faith, we're to pray the prayer of faith by faith. And the prayer of faith will heal a person and the prayer of faith will forgive a person's sins. 
We won't go into all that today. But it's something that we have to look at, but it's got to be done by faith. Number seven, found in 1 John 5, 4. And in fact, I'm, I'm just going to read from verse 1 in 1 John 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God because by faith you're born again. And everyone who loves him also is begot, who, who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God, how many are born of God today? Okay, so you're a candidate for these next two verses. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Why? Now now get this, get this, and get a hold of this time. Whatever you've ever believed about faith and what people say about faith, get a hold of this, okay? Whatever, whoever, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. The world. Is the world they're talking about here spiritual or natural? Huh? No, the world he's talking about that we overcome is the natural realm. See? Because what Jesus accomplished spiritually empowered us to overcome naturally. Because God knew that the natural realm was going to try to talk us out of living in the spirit realm. So what we see with our natural eyes, if that dictates how my life will be for the rest of my life, then the spiritual side can never work for me. You see? So he says here in in verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Watch. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes Jesus is the Son of God and everything that that entails. So what those two verses are saying to me is this. He he that is born of God overcomes the world. So from a spiritual perspective, I've overcome the world because of what Jesus overcame. But Where does the victory come from day to day? See, the victory, the victory day to day comes from, the victory day to day comes from my faith in the fact that he overcame. The victory, the victory day to day comes from from my faith in the fact that he overcame. So he overcame sickness. He overcame disease. He overcame poverty. He overcame mental torment. He overcame the lack of sleep. He overcame everything. So where it comes into play day to day, the victory that happens for me on a day-to-day basis is me applying the fact that he overcame. I believe That he's the son of God and all that that entails, that means everything that ever would would need to be overcome in this life, I've overcome by faith in the fact that he did it. So now my confidence is not in my ability to overcome in the natural, but 
my ability to overcome in the natural empowered by the Spirit. He paid the price. He's liberated you and I, and now I have to trust him day to day. And I just tell you right now, just to really be honest, it is very, very, very easy to allow that to slip. It is very, very easy to get frustrated by not seeing things change. It's very, very easy to give in to not living by faith and the principles of faith in our life. Very easy to give in to that. And, and the devil is banking on that because that's the only power that he has is that you quit walking by faith. And if you'll quit walking by faith and developing faith and allowing faith to be established on the inside... If you, quit do, if you quit doing that and continue to be moved by what you see and what you hear in the natural realm, then he has you defeated. You can be born again. Your destiny is heaven, which is a real place, but you live on this earth like you're in hell. And that's the way he wants it. And you know, it's really not that hard just to stay in faith and to stay with faith and to stay with the development of faith. It's really not that difficult if we just learn to be willing and obedient to do what he says. Can you say amen? Number seven, <clears throat> I mean, that was number seven. Number eight, Ephesians 6 and verse 16. <clears throat> Ephesians 6. And 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, above all, taking the shield of faith with which we're able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one, every fiery dart. Where do those darts come, where where do those darts land from the wicked one? The only access he has into your lives, not spiritual. God's not going to share anything with your spirit, not with no devil who's defeated. The only access that he has is your mind. So there come those fiery darts. You're a loser. That, that bump on your arm is going to turn into cancer. The lack that you're in today, it's for the rest of your life. It's not God's will for you to prosper and to to advance. You know, all these lies of the enemy, bam, 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 coming from every direction, right? To bring defeat in your life. And the only thing that will shut those things down, those thoughts, is for you to change the thoughts with words. You can't change thoughts with thoughts. You can't they won't change. They won't change. They, they, you can't just, you know, and say nothing. Thoughts change with words. So when a thought comes, says that you're sick, you change the sickness thought with by a stripes I'm healed. 
and begin to thank Him and praise Him for it. When a thought comes and says, you're a loser for the rest of your life, no, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. When a thought comes that, you know, I haven't slept in weeks and months, can't sleep at night, and, and, and you're meditating on that, you begin to change it according to Proverbs 3, my beloved have sweet sleep, right? When, when, when peace just is nowhere around, you begin to declare that the peace of God that passes all of my understanding stands guard over my heart and mind, and I can overcome because I meditate and think on good thoughts and pure thoughts and, and overcoming thoughts. I meditate on the right things because of the words that I declare and speak out of my mouth. And the more I say that, and the more I declare those things, those other thoughts begin to change. You change thoughts with words. And listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're going to believe what you say over what I say or anybody else. I can tell you this stuff, but you, didn't, you do nothing with this, and you don't change what comes out of your mouth and what you're meditating on. But at the end of the day, if, at the beginning of the day, at the beginning of this day, if you thought you were a loser, and I tell you this, and you do nothing with it, at the end of the day, you're still a loser. Because that's what you think about yourself. Because what you think is reality, no matter what anybody else thinks. And I'm telling you, God's never created a loser. So if you have a loser mentality, it's because of circumstances of the past and the meditation of it has not changed. Okay? Not that, not that you're a bad person because you have a loser mentality. I've had a loser mentality at times in my life. Why? Because of stuff from the past, what people said. Then I found out how to change what... Other people said, and based it on what God said, and then I meditate on what God said, and all of a sudden, success comes, right? Deliverance comes, a different way of living and expecting. It doesn't mean that all the pressure leaves just because you say a few things, but the things that you begin to say have to become a way of life, or you'll get discouraged, and you believe that faith doesn't work. Faith is when? Now. When? Now. Not then. Now. When? Now. Not then. Now. Right? That's how, that's how we go. We got to be on our toes, man. Because you, you, you get off your toe. And something gets in. And something. And thought. And words. And said something you shouldn't have said. And bam, 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 bam. Right? That's what God wants for us. So, I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> so, as I just got through saying, Jesus tells us that it's our faith that gets results, right? Our faith in the fact that he overcame. But there's so many stories in the Bible that say and show us that it's our faith that produces the results, okay? It's my faith in his faith or my faith in the fact that he had faith to overcome and I'm, I'm, I'm walking and emulating his faith. I'm, I'm looking at the pattern that he set up and walking out, but it's still the faith that's been dealt to me. Is it being developed? You see? So just listen to a couple of stories here. Mark 5. Mark chapter 5 <clears throat> and verse 25. 
Now, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Why did she keep going to physicians? That's all she knew, right? When she heard, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing, uh, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith. Notice Jesus didn't say my faith. See, he was in faith, but he didn't say his faith. He said, daughter, your faith. So I've had people ask me this question about this story. So... Is that the first time that she had ever heard anything about Jesus? I mean, or or had she been sitting and listening to him teach everywhere he went? You know what? It really doesn't matter. Her faith made her whole. Anybody ever been in desperation and you cried out to God and something happened? Was there faith involved? I imagine. Was there some unbelief mixed with it? Sure. But man, there was faith. You know what? The physicians couldn't do anything. What do I got to lose? Maybe it was. Maybe she'd been hearing him teach. He'd been teaching for a long time. But she heard that he was coming by. And and she said, man, what he'd been saying, I want that. And so she goes after Whatever her faith made her whole. What that encourages me to do is to develop my faith. Not be like the woman. Not have to create, well, you know, if something attacks my body, then I'm not in faith if, if I don't get well. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't even begin to consider. See, a lot of people get in fear that something bad's going to happen to their physical body and then they're going to die. Stuff comes. Stuff happens. You get attacked. The things that come against us. What are we doing today? What I encourage you in is if you're not feeling bad today, develop your faith and confidence that God is the healer today. So when stuff comes, you might just totally be surprised how much faith you have because of what you're saying and what you're developing and what you're working on the inside of you. Yeah, you know, I knew somebody and, you know, they had great faith and they died. Okay? There have been a lot of people with great faith that have died. You realize that one day you're going to die? Everybody that's sitting here today, you're going to leave your physical body at some time. You, you know, you may be 190, you might be 250 or whatever, but someday before Jesus comes back, you're going to leave this physical body and be face to face with God. The scripture clearly reveals that to us. Right? But let's live by faith today. And let's overcome today because the overcomer lives inside of us.
Let's allow stories like the woman with the issue of blood to be something that encourages us to develop our faith. Amen? Don't get intimidated by the story. Allow the story to encourage you that I'm going to live this way. I I am going to do more at confessing and speaking the word because I want to see the results in my own personal life. How many want to see results? Come on, we we want to see results. I'm telling you, you do. Mark 10, and then, well, I got 17 stories to read you, but I'm just going to read these two, and, or this one and one more. How about that? Mark 10 and 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, uh, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. What do you want me to do? Oh, I don't know. Just whatever. No. No, he had purpose. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. He asked him a question. He asked him a question. And he knew exactly what the answer was. Amen? Because he was prepared to receive. And when our faith is being developed, and it's being developed on a day-to-day basis like that, then you find yourself in a situation, and all of a sudden the question is asked, what do you want? You're going to answer based on what you've been meditating on. And I'm telling you, this guy right here, who had been blind for however many years, he received his sight because he answered based on what he wanted to receive. How many want to receive some things today? I'm telling you, your faith is making you whole. Your developed faith, the faith that is being developed, is making you whole in every area of your life. And then my last story, Luke 17. Luke 17, and I'll end with this. In verse uh, verse 11. That happened as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. In other words, he shouldn't have been healed. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. What do you think happened to the other nine? When you forget where the healing has come from, 
because of the lack of developed faith, you lose things. I've known countless numbers of people that have been healed and they lost their healing. I mean, genuinely, they were healed in their bodies and they lost it. Why? Because God is not just a master with a puppet on a, like a puppet on a string. Just he's working this thing and working this thing and making this happen. No, he's already done everything. And what, what happens when there's manifestation is to get our attention to develop a lifestyle of faith. See? Because what, what's more important is that you and I live in divine health than we have to get a healing every other week. See? And when you're walking by faith and confidence in God, you live in that state of wholeness. That's what he wants. He wants us living in that state, not always just having to get something and, and, and worried because something's not happening. He wants us to live in that place of healing and health and prosperity and deliverance and, and, and peace of mind and sweet sleep and all the things that we were talking about earlier. He wants us to live in that place. Can you say amen? amen. Through faith, write this statement down. This is pretty good, I think. Based on Hebrews 11.1, 1, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. Now faith is the substance. Now faith is. Now faith is the substance of the thing that is hoped for, the evidence of the thing not seen. So write this statement down. Through faith, the unrealities of hope become true realities. Through faith, the unrealities of hope become true realities. Oh, man, I hope that comes to pass. Oh, man. Oh, I hope that happens. Oh, man, I hope I get this. Oh, I hope I get that job. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. But faith brings into reality what seems like it's not going to happen. Well, you know, I put in that application, but I probably won't get it. Well, then don't put the application in. <laughs> Why would you put in an application when you know you're not going to get it? Just don't get it. Right? But when you're developing a life of faith, and God says, you know what? I want you to go and apply for that job, and you're going to get it. And you know, a lot of times when he tells you things like that, you don't go around telling everybody. You just do it. And then later, as a testimony, you tell people, you know, God told me I was going to get that job. Oh, right. <laughs> see, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people think, say, or feel, or nothing else. All that matters is, what did God say, and what did you do? Hmm? Through faith, the unrealities of hope become true realities. So, if you're part of this body, I speak this over you mostly every day. And I'm going to speak this over you again, and you can receive it again, okay? If you're not part of the body here, you're here today, I'm speaking it over you. And a lot of times, even people that maybe aren't part of the body but are connected, you know, just by coming... I, I declare that it's working on their behalf too, but this is what I speak over you all the time, this prayer. 
I say this. This is over everybody sitting in here today. All of us. We are blessed and highly favored with God and with man. Favor of God is operating and functioning in every area of our lives. It surrounds our life as a shield. His favor goes before us and prepares our way. Favor opens doors of blessing and opportunities in our lives. Wherever we go and whatever we do, God's favor is with us and on us. God's favor is operating and functioning in every area of our lives. We have favor with our family, on our jobs, and in all of our relationships. All of our endeavors are blessed. God's blessings of favor come to me every, come to us every day. Whatever we set our hand to prospers and succeeds because of the favor and the blessing of God. God's favor brings promotion and increase in our lives. God's favor fills our life with overflowing, blessing, peace, joy, fulfillment, and abundance. God's favor takes each of us where our own ability and our own wisdom cannot. Wonderful things are always happening to us, so it's a surety that something good is happening to you today. Amen? I've already spoken that over you once today. Now you get the double blessing. Amen? By faith, I say that those things are happening operating and happening in our life today. If there's no understanding of faith, just reading something like that, I mean, that, that it's good just to read something positive, but it doesn't get the output and the results that reading and declaring something from the Word of God, that, all that is is a prayer of Scriptures put together. And when you read and declare something that and you release your faith, things happen. How many agree with that prayer today? Amen? Come on, lift your hand right now. Lift your hand right now to me. And we agree, Lord, we thank you that your word does not return void, but accomplishes what we set it out to accomplish. Today, Lord, we declare that you watch over your word to see it performed in our lives as we receive it and we believe it. For the just shall live by faith. Today, Lord, we give you all the glory and the praise. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Amen today. Receive it and live in it.